This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along. It's episode number three of Double Tap, and we're here for the weekend edition. It is Saturday, the 3rd of September, 2022. And I'm welcoming back a familiar voice. Mark Aflalo's here. No. You're listening to Double Tap, the weekend edition, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Mark Aflalo. What's going on there? Who mixed that? That's not beat uh, mixed. I don't know how that works. Properly. <laughs> Hi, Mark Aflalo. How are you? You're not supposed to... The number one rule of broadcasting is you're not supposed to bring attention to your mistakes. Oh, I because see. 99% of the audience didn't know there was an issue. And now you've brought attention to it, and suddenly we're all Look, hyper-focused on what went wrong here. We, Did something actually go wrong? We are... Um, we are full of mistakes. I can, that, that sentence no, just actually, ends there. We are this, full. This week has been quite successful, I think, in the various endeavors in which we have uh, we have uh, endeavored. Well, do you know <laughs> I would so, say. so Sean and I decided we were going to get up early because we wanted to get up nice and early so we could record yep. live to tape the Double Tap Daily Show. And we said we're okay. going to do it and it's going to be really good and we're going to be up nice and early. And I did. Two days in a row, Mark. Two days I've been up at... Uh, well, before eight o'clock in the morning. Is that is what about that, Sean? Is that was Sean awake? Do you know this guy never sleeps? I don't know what is wrong with this guy. He yeah, never he's sleeps. Always, he's always in that shed, always yeah. creating something. Although the email we got in from Larry this week tells us that the shed is a conspiracy. Oh, is that what the 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 thought process is here? The shed does not exist. <laughs> it doesn't. It's exist. a made up. It's a fabrication. Mm-hmm. You know what? That's a really good theory. Yeah, that's a good theory because. You know, to date, even with his own show, Sean of the Shed, his own podcast, there has been no evidence to the audience at home that there is a shed. That's right. So yeah. I understand why Larry would be, you know, I wonder where where that might have come from. That being said, we are going to change things. We're going to actually let people into the shed. Wow. You mean we don't get into the shed? How does it work? Well, you were in the shed last week, were you not? You were there. You were actually there. The shed, yeah. I actually went inside. Um, It's horrible in there. I mean, it's a horrible, (laughs) horrible place. Yeah, I mean, it stinks. uh, It it smells of men. Um, I don't like it. Well, I should say man, because I assume he's the only one in there. there multiple men in there? I I don't want to speak for the guy. He does refer to his partner often. I never did question whether Mm -hmm. that partner was of a same or or different gender. Hey, listen, we are all inclusive here. This is diversity and inclusion 101 sitting right here. Look at us, two white guys. What could be more diverse? Hey, I'm tanned. Okay, fine. All I've right. Well, you win. Going on. And I'm like Casper the Ghost because I never go outside. So have you have you told people um, about the other side of the show, like the fact that you and I that you're recording the video part? Have you told people that? I, well, you know, I haven't said anything yet because you know I okay. don't like to make reference to it because you know we're professionals okay. here, allegedly. No, no, I just, I just, I feel like I need to. It's kind of like an elf in the room here, guys. So I know because we're number number on one. It, it feels. Well, yeah, it feels different. Well, norm- we're normally on camera. There's normally Riverside or Zoom or something going on so that we can communicate visually, you know, to whatever extent we can with hand motions and stuff like that. Um, so there's always that element that's been there, you know, so we've had that. But you're recording this because, you know, who knows if something hilarious might be said that we'd want to share this with the audience. <laughs> so it's fun. And, it, and it's fun for posterity, I think, to to record said video portion. The, the reason I ask is because there's a fly the size of my head that is currently <laughs> buzzing around my office. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering, it, a couple of times it has kind of passed through the lens of the camera. <laughs> And this Insta360 camera, which we talked about on one of the episodes in the past couple of weeks. Oh, yes. That's does right. this face tracking thing. Mm. And I think that it might have tracked onto the fly for a moment <laughs> because the fly buzzed by and the camera kind of went. There it is again. And the camera kind of went to the other direction for a second before it came back to me. So, you know, that brought me my mind starts going and I'm wondering, OK, well, do they realize that my left eye is super itchy because I, you know, had to have something done, so it's tearing now. Do I need mm. to worry about that? Should I not be sticking my finger in my nose like this? 
Um, there yeah, are so you're, many you're things I need to think about now. Yeah. Whereas when it was just audio, I could just I could mute my mic. I could I, I could do so many things here that you had no idea I was doing. But now the level of attention that I have to now pay seems to be a little bit more than the contract alluded to. Yeah, I, I'm with you on this, and it's kind of my fault because you know I suggested this would be a good idea. And here's the thing. Here's a little backstory to this. I, um, I've i always wanted to do YouTube stuff and I just never really thought to myself I'd be able to do it, right? Because how do you do it? And I found this amazing application called Ecamm, which is for the Mac. And it, it's like, I guess you could use it, streamers could use this, I guess. But it really is for presentations online, if you can connect up to Zoom and Teams, you know, and essentially they can see yeah. what the, the program's producing. Um, but you can also just record podcasts on it, and people are doing that now. Loads of people are doing that. Hey, AMI are doing it. I'm, I, well, I'm I, basically what I'm saying here, Mark, is I'm in the market for more cash. Uh, you know, AMI uh, do great video podcasts, and I think you know we should do that. I think double tap should be every single day on YouTube. What do you think? You up for that? Um, Hello. Are we still on? I think the connection's frozen. I'm oh. not sure what's going on here. Why do they call it um, Zoom when it's so slow? I don't, I don't, I don't know. So, you know, so that's the elephant in the room, number one. Number <laughs> two is, elephant. it's very strange not having Sean here. It is. Can I just say, by the way, it's a strange saying, the elephant in the room, isn't it? I mean, you think if there was an elephant in a room, it'd be the first thing you'd comment on. Yeah. I mean, if you walked that's into any point. room, if I came into your office, you said... When I was in Montreal and I came to your little uh, studio there, I say little is huge, but if I came into your studio and I said, um, (laughs) wow, there's an elephant there, Um, I'd I'd comment on it, right? I mean, you wouldn't just ignore it. You wouldn't just say half an hour later thinking, hmm. But isn't that the point of the saying? The saying is basically alluding to the fact that there is something giant that everybody notices here, but nobody's referencing it. So, for example, where is Sean Priest? Yeah, where is Sean Priest? I feel like we're going to have to have him... Come back onto that. I mean, I know five days a week is a good amount of work. I'm missing. It's not that I'm missing him as much as that I really enjoy talking over him. Like when he has this thought to get out, but I don't feel I don't feel as entitled when I do it over you. I know it's just it's um it's a lot of fun. I must admit, and you can just you can just cut him off. It's great. I won't tell you what he said about you earlier in the week. Um, I think you don't have to because I I listen to it. Well, uh, yeah, the the bit in particular which I will tell you what he said. You know what? Um, it's kind of nice to get a word in edgeways. And I thought, good for you, Sean. And then I cut him off. Um, but no, I, don't, I don't talk that much. You know what the problem is? You and I, Do I? have done this for so long that our jo- the microphone to us is, is just a magnet. It's like a fly is, is hovering around you. We are that around this microphone. We, I'm mean, just a big fly hovering around this microphone wanting to talk. That's what we love to do. That's why I'm doing this every day. But I never have. I never have. Even when I worked in local terrestrial radio here in Montreal, and they said, here, Mark, do you want to go on the air? I said, not really. Like, I never wanted to be a presenter. I never wanted to. But I enjoy it. I do enjoy the live element of radio and the live element of broadcasting. And I think think it's just so much fun because the pressure that's on you is really great. And I've only had one nervous breakdown in my entire career – where I just said, I can't do this today. Too many things are going wrong. I'm like, I'm suddenly sick. Someone else come deal with this. It happened once in my career. I'm not going to tell you when. I'm not going to tell you how. Uh, but it happened once. But, I mean, as broadcasters, you know, you guys at home, you have dreams about various things. You know, maybe you're naked in your school. Maybe your teeth are falling out. These are common dreams people have. Us as broadcasters, we... Yeah, well, exactly. And we have these dreams that... The song is fading, but the next song isn't ready to go yet. Yeah. What on earth are we going to possibly do when that song fades and we're just not ready to go? How are we going to get through this horrific incident? Which really, if you think about it, is so pathetic. The worst day in broadcast <laughs> I ever had was the day I woke up. Uh, I was doing breakfast show. I did breakfast show on a radio station for many years. And I woke up and it is the, the worst nightmare. You know, if, every, if if you're late for your work, do you know what? It's not great, right? But on radio, yeah. everybody knows. And I wake up and it's 8.30 in the morning. My show starts at 7. Oh. And it's it's silent. And, and my phone is silent. And I'm thinking... So no one's tried calling you? No well, one's that's what no, I was thinking, right? Before... Thinking, why is my phone not ringing off the hook? Maybe it's died. Maybe it's died with all the people that are trying to call. The battery's gone. It turned out that it was on silent. And there had been many calls made. 
uh, none of them got through. And in the end, I was left with this. And it's just this this horrible, horrible feeling. And of course, you're thinking, well, who's on here? How did the show come along? There were people, you know, they come into the building and I've got to get them into the, the office to do the show. How does this work? And um, I get into the office and everyone's like, do you know what? It happens and all this. But the whole day, no, it doesn't I had happen. this horrible feeling. Uh, and then, of course, my boss helped by saying, um, it's fine. You know, you get one shot at this and then second time you're fired. So uh, then I bought, I think, six alarms and yeah. had every one of them set all the time. And, you know, never never trust a phone alarm if you're a broadcaster. Never trust the phone. You know what's funny, though, is that I do, like, so my alarm is my is my Amazon Echo. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and, me too. And um, I set it, I set multiple, I normally set, like, two or three alarms and then I still snooze, and then and I never set my I never set my phone alarm anymore, and and I don't know why I don't do that because the Echo is the worst and Absolutely. the least reliable alarm Absolutely clock in the worst. world. Like power yep. goes out, like I don't even know you're just gonna sleep right through it. At least your phone, if there's a charge, even if it's plugged in, you should have that charge. But it really to use and when they released that Echo that I was meant for to be an alarm clock. I'm like this is the poorest, poorest, poorest choice for an alarm clock. I get the, I get the utility of it. I get the tech angle of it. Yeah, it's so cool. It's great to have on your nightstand, but to actually rely on it as an alarm clock is just. Uh, they should have a little. You remember the old alarm clocks used to have a little battery compartment in the bottom. Yeah, you could just slip in exactly. a couple of double A's or nine triple A's. Or double A's. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know what? The, it, bring, it brings up, and we, we can end this this part of the conversation on this one because. I'm curious, you guys listening to this show, what's what what's that blunder that you might have had in your life where you missed the alarm, the phone was on silent? I want to hear the stories because I'm sure there's some really good funny ones out there. Oh, and, yeah. I, and I have one for you to end this thought on, okay, which is mm-hmm. I worked morning radio for many, many years, many years. Same thing. I woke up at 4 in the morning. I was in the office at 5.30. And there was a point in time one year in my career where we had a syndicated show. The Howard Stern Show. We were syndicating mm. the Howard Stern Show on our, on our FM radio station. And I was the one pushing buttons. So my job wasn't very complicated. I woke up early. I got in. I pushed buttons, made sure the delay was on, made sure the newscaster came in and spoke for 20 minutes when Howard took a 20-minute a break. And because there was only two of us in the building till almost 8 o'clock in the morning, we had a lot of fun and we really goofed around a lot. And my my news anchor, I would I would prank him all the time. <laughs> I would do do the craziest. I mean, I went so far as to uh, stand behind him when he wasn't noticing with a fire extinguisher and then spray it at him. So all he saw was white. I set his news. I set his newscast on fire from the top so that he would have nice. to read faster towards the bottom. That was very courteous of me. It was. I attached yeah. f- fishing line to his microphone arm so I could slowly pull it, pull it, pull it, pull it, and he wouldn't know why it's moving, and he constantly pull it back. Various stupidities like this that you entertain yourself when you're trying to stay awake at that ungodly hour. Yeah. So he decided one day he's going to get back at me, Okay. He decided, and this is, you'll, you'll get where this is going. He, he came in two hours early, so for him that was three in the morning. Wow. He wrote his newscast, he got everything ready, and then he, because I was the only person working in the morning at a parking spot in the garage, so did he, he waited in the stairwell for the garage with a monkey mask on, <laughs> like an ape, an ape, a furry ape. And okay. his goal was I would come in and he would... Jump at me and scare me half to death, and there—that was his payback, and he was so happy. This was the only day in my entire career where I slept past my alarm. Oh no! So I pull in. It's now the show starts at what six? I six oh five. Someone else started the show for me. I pull in. I run upstairs. I'm like, so sorry, I'm late. It's never happened before. I set up wake up calls at that point forward. I sit down, I do my job, and the newscaster's not talking to me. All morning, he's not talking to me. Not only is he not talking to me, but he's giving me dirty looks. Now, I didn't know that he was waiting there for two hours to try and scare me, and this is the only day in my entire life that I was late. So, like, three hours in, I'm like, what on earth is your problem? And he goes, I waited with this mask, and he holds the mask up, for two and a half hours to scare you, and this is the day you're late? And he was just, he was mortified, and I was just howling, laughing on the floor. And this That's goes back brilliant. to the alarm clock, which is, yeah. you know, you need an alarm clock. But, you know, the, 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 you know, there should be a service out there that has human beings that just call you and just wake you up. 
Well, you get it in hotels, right? So, you know, why can't you get that? Yeah, on, why, you know, in yeah, regular life. I guess yeah. So. yeah, get in touch with us. Tell us your stories. If you've I'm any- curious. I, yeah, I, I'm sure I'm sure people have some, some really good stories. Uh, that being said, the Amazon Echo, definitely not the most reliable alarm clock. Maybe no. Lenovo has some uh, some fun stuff that they announced this week that could help. Yes. Well, not the away. smart clock. Know. Remember the smart clock that kind of just came yes, along? Yes, I do. That was, like, was that Google-based? I think it was, wasn't it? It was it was a Google Home it was either Google Home or yes it was it was kind of one like of the Google first Google Home Lite yeah it was yeah. one of the first Google Homes that was made by another company and it was made by Lenovo yeah didn't go very well I remember when they marketed it because they had this whole smart home set up and they were trying to get people excited about it but uh, no but they're they're on display where is IFA is that the one in Berlin is that what's going on yeah now? so I was reading about this so I, I asked to admit this is a new one on me um, I think I've seen it before but it's not the it's not the most um, I don't know. It does. The name doesn't stick with me for some reason. IFA. It sounds like a football thing. But yeah. Anyway. So uh, IFA in Berlin. It's happening from now until the sixth of September. And yeah, lots of companies are showcasing there. Uh, and Lenovo is one of them. I mean, Samsung are there. All the big guys are there. Um, Samsung actually have quite a small stand this year, which is interesting. Apparently, they're focusing more on smart things as uh, the brand to showcase while they're out there. I think the Internet of Things is really where people are you know, most interested in at the moment. So I think this is a little bit like Mobile World Congress, just a little bit like that. Um, But yeah, Lenovo are there. They are showcasing lots of new products. Yeah, there seem to be loads dropping over the past couple of days. The the one that really stood out, I think, for a lot of people are the glasses that they've uh, brought out. I think it's P11. You you can tell me for sure, but I think it was the P1 or the P11. These are the new glasses from Lenovo that... um, now, you might remember on Double Tap TV a while back, we talked to TCL about yeah, their Nextwear glasses. Next wear, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Nextwear G. And these are very similar to this. Basically, you have a headset that you wear that connects via wire to your... Um, and Now, in, in TCL's Nextwear G case, it was a USB connection, so you had to plug it into something with a USB-C connection, whereas these do have adapters to plug them into iPhones as well. So you could hook this up to your iPhone. Um, and it's just another display, right? It's just another yeah, way to consume the same media. Yeah, these are not I, smart. I these aren't smart yeah, glasses. I don't mind that. Like I think this has definitely has a use case, right? It has a use case for private, you know, private watching if you're in bed, if you're traveling, uh, definitely on planes and commuting. Yeah. I mean, you probably miss your stop if you do it. They're called they're called the T ones, not the T ones. Sorry, yes, the, yeah, the P eleven is, is a new tablet, exactly. Um, so the, so the T1 Lenovo glasses, uh, they're just literally dubbing it as a wearable private display for on-the-go content yeah. consumption. I mean, they're they're sexy looking. They're looking like a nice kind of ovalish pair of glasses. You know, they're 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 darked out. So from the outside, they look like a pair of sunglasses. They've got a little bit of a thicker arms on both both sides, but nothing crazy. Kind of almost like the Bose frames. Because yeah, they there's do not have much speakers technology in there. In there. Because they do oh, have the speakers. Oh, that makes sense. Yes, they do have some speakers in there. Now, a uh, question for you. Uh, I don't know if there are any images of, uh, I've been intrigued to know this, of people wearing them. Because I remember the TCL glasses really came off your face. They kind of sat on your nose and they came out a good bit from your face. Uh, they didn't feel, I mean, they, they looked apparently ridiculous when you wore them. How do these look? Can you tell? Um, uh, pretty ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they, they do look pretty ridiculous. There, There is an image of a woman... It actually, it looks like she's almost intentionally wearing them a little bit further away from her face. That's but it's the kind problem, of like this, this, yeah. It's kind of like this quarter angle of her, and you can you can clearly see the edge of her eyes. So she's pretty far away from the actual glasses themselves. This is where these fail, right? Because yeah. unless you're in a dark environment, all this light is being let in, so they don't really they don't really work well. And here's another image of another guy wearing it. Him, at least, I don't see his eye in the picture, but. It's definitely far away from his face, and they're not curved to the head, right? They're kind of flat and straight. And the other thing is, there's a couple images of people holding the glasses up to light. You can actually see through the bottom part of the display, so you're almost like mm-hmm. you have to look up to see the display, and you can still see through the glasses. I get the utility of that because you can see your environment around you, but it kind of defeats the purpose. You know, I tried out these TCL Nextwear Gs, and they're brilliant. For me, the the biggest issue was, and I know this might sound weird, but when I wore them, it felt as if I was at the cinema. And what I mean by that is that the screen, even though a cinema screen is huge, it still felt quite far away from me. 
so it still felt like I almost wished I could grab the screen and just bring it a bit closer because uh, it just felt a bit too far. Um, but I mean, incredible, right? It does give you the impression of you're, you're sitting in, in, you know, looking at a 200 inch screen. So I totally understand why people would, would benefit from these. Uh, and certainly people with low vision who might want to benefit from that would, would could certainly. But I mean, for blind people, no, this is not of interest. And if you're of the low vision category, where I'm at, I think, where, you know, really these kind of devices just are not going to hit the mark. But in saying that, it is interesting to see these develop. Um, I think, you know, obviously, with I, I'd imagine we're a long way off seeing these being wireless because I think the amount yeah, of power to I get, mean, battery, battery, yeah. screen power. I mean, this is where, I, I mean, I don't, you know, I get it. I, I think it's, it's just a stopgap for us to get to the point where we all want to be, which is a truly you know, augmented reality set of glasses that someone is going to come out with yeah. in some way, shape, or form that's commercialized and affordable. Uh, when we're going to see that? I mean, I hope it happens in my lifetime. Yeah. I'd, I'd like, I'd love to see that in my lifetime. I, I just don't know. I think that there's a lot of people trying other things because they just can't get to where they want to go with yeah. this, you know? It's got to look right, though. It has to look right. Yeah, and, you know, it has to look like a natural set of glasses. I mean, you, you, you know, because we've interviewed her on the show, but Molly Burke, for example, who is, you know, a blind woman who, very f- fashionable, you know, really up on her fashion. And she's been interviewed many times and she's been asked the question, uh, perhaps with some ignorance, I guess, you know, well, as a blind person, why do you care what you look like? And, you know, the truth is that we all care what we look like to some degree. You know, I mean, I'm a guy who maybe doesn't care as much as some do about how I look. But, you know, I still shave my face every day. And if I wasn't that bothered, I wouldn't. Right. So the point is that, you know, you, of course, we care about how we look. These these are part of our style. And if they look crazy and trust me, trust me when I tell you, Mark, in the blind world, there is um, a bit of a joke because sometimes these glasses that we get given, I mean, for example, there's one pair which I have where I, I'm wearing glasses at the moment, just regular eyeglasses at the moment, but you actually get these glasses that go over the top of my glasses, sunshades, right? But they, they yeah. completely cover over. So they're like ski goggles and they are huge. And, you know, that if, you know that, that people sometimes say, you know, you don't look blind. And I often yeah. think, I think you're thinking of that, when you say I don't look blind because I'm not sitting here with glasses that are the size of my head on my face. Yeah, it's they've got to get it right. You, yeah. you said it, you nailed it there. They got to get it right. That's got to just look natural. And and it has to be you got to take the Apple Watch approach to it, which is it has to be customizable. Yes. It has to be unique to yes. the individual. It's going to it's not going to be, you know, I had LASIK done. I don't need to wear glasses. I wear sunglasses. So well, that's for the other me, thing, right? Exactly. That's the other thing. I mean, what people don't want to wear glasses. I mean, OK, these aren't glasses you walk around with. These are very much static. I, I think it would be highly uh, advised against you don't walk around with these on. Because you won't be able to see anything, right? You're not going to be able to see anything other no, than what's thinking, on your screen. No, but I'm thinking of, of of the future augmented reality glasses mm. that we're all expecting and we're all waiting for. You know, I hoped, you know, I envision it almost as being an outdoor kind of wearing glasses because it helps your environment. It helps you outdoors. It's not something necessarily you're going to want to wear inside. It's almost like, you know, you see people wearing a Bluetooth headset all the time. Yes, like all the time. Yeah, and, and it's, it's yeah. really, it's just because they're too lazy to take it out or who knows why they do it. I almost, I kind of wish that I had some kind of headset that I could wear all the time that was comfortable enough for me to keep in my ear that had that transparency, almost like the Sony Link Buds that have the hole in it where you can actually, you know, wear it a lot of the time. And, and if it was comfortable enough to not annoy me in my ear, but I'd have access to things like the Echo or, you know, the A-Lady or, or Siri. Yeah. Um, or if it was even had some kind of benefit to it being there all the time. Like if it was, you know, somebody who imagine, for example, you with Ira, you know, we're talking about you taking a trip somewhere. Yeah. Imagine that your glasses or, or something had the camera on it. So you didn't have to hold your phone up and look weird walking through Manhattan trying to get places. If someone could be talking you through it and they could see what you're seeing. And like, that's kind of, that I mean, that's seems what, like a revolution almost, right? That's kind of what we were talking about yesterday with Janine Stanley, right? So she was talking from Ira about the Envision glasses, which we've talked about, which is yeah. essentially the Google Glass. That is Google Glass um, being used with this company, basically bringing it on, building an application around it, uh, to benefit blind people. 
And, you know, that is exactly... And my only question is, and I'm hoping to have these glasses in a couple of days' time so I can try them for myself, but, you know, I can't really understand what it must be like wearing these because by all accounts, they don't have any frames in them. You'll know more than me on this, but you know, I don't think they've got I, any you frames. You know what? I, I have a set. I have a pair of Google Glass upstairs um, because I bought it. Right. I bought Google Glass, and um, the experience was it was a weird one, as you said. Um, the, what I did, though, because at that point I was wearing glasses, I bought the prescription add-on. Right. So it actually looked like a pair of glasses, quite, quite honestly, a nice pair of glasses, but had that little piece of glass over the top right-hand corner of your eye and had mm. all the controls there. So when I did some tests with it, and I remember doing, remember walking my dog in the winter, complete fail. Um, the camera was bad quality. You, you have to really look up to the right corner to really see anything in terms of what's going on there. The speakers were bad. It was, it was bone conduction, I think it was. But I have it. So I'm curious to see how Envision have taken advantage of that. Like, have they have they used some kind of Google operating system here and just built an app on it? Or does it really take it over the entire the entirety of the device and, and made it their own? That's where I'm curious. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send you what I have. I'm going to send you the Google Glass that I have so you can compare yeah. native Google Glass to what they're doing because I'm curious how that's going to pan out. Yeah, because my understanding is that the app is inside the glasses, so the glasses are taken over to some degree. I mean, everything is controlled. Essentially, you're buying Envision on Google Glass rather than Google Glass with Envision on it, if that makes yeah. sense. So, yeah, that's that's interesting. Now, look, stick around, because Lenovo, we've only touched on one product. <laughs> We're not doing very well here, are we? Uh, but we've managed to get one product done, uh, which is actually very interesting, nonetheless. Uh, but there are others that have been on show at IFA in Berlin. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Stay there. Listen daily from noon Eastern on AMI-audio or search for Double Tap in your favourite app. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. Stephen and Mark with you today. And uh, yeah, we're here at the weekend. Although, you know, we say we're daily, right? We say we're daily, but we're not here on Sundays. So, Mark, uh, who's taking on well, Sundays? Well, hang on. The show is on on Sunday. It's on same show. You can you know, okay. opportunity to listen. On oh, both I see. Days. So it's on. The, all right. Okay. Yes, yeah, so we are. Yeah, every day. Oh. Every day on AMI Audio. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, if you mm. subscribe to the podcast version, you're not going to get a new one on Sunday. I'm sorry about that. But you could listen on Sunday. You could listen you to could the whole look, thing on Sunday. Well, catch up on the week. Catch on the catch up yeah. on the week that was. You know, we're it's recording right. this live to tape, and and you take that very seriously. Unfortunately, it doesn't give me enough time to finish <laughs> chewing, <laughs> chewing between. You didn't Between get much of a break then. You see, you see, mm, what we do is we, we, we're living inside the podcast edition of this show, whereas everyone else is living inside the break. They got a lovely break there. They got a chance to go away, have a coffee. We just carried on. Uh, let's talk about Lenovo. Is it the X1 Fold? This is I've seen this before. There was an original yeah. version of this I saw at CES at 2020, um, and it was really interesting. And I think it was a 13-inch laptop that folded yeah, well, over. Yeah, now, well, now, now it's 16. <laughs> it's wow. It's a 16-inch Folding ThinkPad, they call it. Um, it, it. Again, is this a concept device or is it something that's going to be commercialized? I'm not 100% sure, but mm. it looks like a giant iPad that just folds down the middle. It just folds down to like a clamshell design, which I I can see the use for because it's 16-inch kind of diagonal and it's more like a portrait mode. It's not like you're holding it in, in, in I mean, I guess you could hold it in a widescreen kind of landscape mode, but the way they demonstrate it, it's in this portrait mode. And it folds down over itself. So I guess if it was 16-inch, let's say it was 16-inch top to bottom, it would fold down to about uh, 8 inches and a half, which makes it pretty portable. Um, but it's a full-fledged computer. I mean, 2.8 pounds, 16-inch. Uh, they also are going to have a 12-inch version. Um, OLED display, 4.3 nice. aspect ratio, 600 nits of brightness. It's not that bright. 12th uh, mm -hmm. Gen U-Series Core i5 and i7 processors up to 32 gigs of ram up to one terabyte in storage three usb-c ports a nano sim slot with optional 5g of course things like a bluetooth keyboard track point haptic touchpad um etc 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 and it's compatible by the way with the wacom um stylus so artists and people who are illustrators out there who use the wacom line of products will actually benefit from this but i don't know it seems a little under for my tasting 
Yeah, I'm again, you know, it's a nice idea for a laptop. I just don't know if we're there yet. I mean, I keep thinking, yeah, but it's running Windows. You know, it's it's like it's it's a really sexy device with a suit on. You know, that's really it. Um, well, it's a Surface, right? It's basically a Surface <laughs> Pro or a folding you know, Surface. Yeah, I mean, uh, listen, Microsoft yeah. even even dropped that line. I mean, when they came out with the Surface Duo, they were supposed to have a Surface Neo, which was a folding tablet. That's you know, right. A folding it tablet running Windows, and they just didn't bother with that because no. it wasn't worth worth the energy. You know, can I can I can I jump? Do you want to talk more about that one? Because I want to jump no, no, ahead no. to something else. Yeah. Okay. They uh, and and really, it's the IdeaPad. So they have this IdeaPad Five I Chromebook. Mm. Yeah. And the reason this interests me is because I recently had a conversation with Acer and the developments of Chromebook and the advancements of the Chromebook line of computers across any company. Um, I thought it kind of stagnated, stagnant. I thought it was kind of like dead. I thought people were like, OK, we're going to make a Chromebook because we have to make a Chromebook. It's not going to be very high powered. Mm. But there seems to be some kind of revitalized energy into building Chromebooks these days, I think it's because the lower cost processors are better and better, so you can actually have a much better experience. Uh, but much lower their cost. idea, well, five hundred fifty dollars for an idea pad that has, you know, you could you can configure this up to five hundred twelve gigs of storage, eight gigs of RAM. Uh, yes, it's a core i three processor, but again, you're just using cloud based programs. I you know, bought four pounds. Uh, I bought. I can't remember what the brand is. I think it was Acer or Asus. I can't remember one of the two. And it was one of the little Chrome boxes. I actually got it on Amazon. And I always fancy Chrome buying box. one of these. Ooh. Yeah, it was quite cool. So it's just tiny, tiny. I mean, smaller than a, I would say mid-size between a Mac Mini and an Apple TV, kind of in the middle between the two. And a really nice device, lots of ports on it. So all the Ethernets and USBs and all the rest of it, Wi-Fi built in, Bluetooth, all that stuff. Um, it had an IT processor in it, 8 gig, or maybe 8 or 16. I think it might be an 8 gig of RAM. Um, 256 gig memory, you know, pretty basic in some for, to some degree, but I tell you, so powerful. And, you know, one thing I was very conscious of was when buying, and I am always conscious of this, when you buy a computer as a blind person, because you're going to be running a screen reader on it, you have to think about what that means, what extra resources. If you're thinking, well, hang on, this machine has got to be able to, you know, process what it's doing and also process everything on the screen so it will be read back to you through this third-party software or through narrator or whatever else. It's got to have a bit of beef behind it. I bought, I remember this, and I won't say the brand name, but I think it was Acer, $99 Chromebook from Amazon on a sale on like Black Friday. And it was the worst machine ever. So much so <laughs> that when I told Google about it, they sent me a Pixel book saying, please never, ever discuss Chrome OS on the wow. basis of that, that computer because that is, not, that is not a good way to think about it. And that's the problem. So you sometimes do have to pay a little bit extra to get some power. But with Chrome, you actually can pay a little bit less and you get a really good machine, fully accessible as well. I mean, bear in mind, it's a web browser, right? I mean, some of the Android apps that run on there, those are questionable um, in terms of accessibility. But for everything else, for using it as a, a browser, for getting around the web, it's, it's fully functional. And very much a Chromevox at the moment is still very much a baby screen reader. But it is, you know, it's a baby that is uh, turning out good. Hopefully that doesn't have a troublesome teens. Uh, a couple other announcements from <laughs> Lenovo: um, some some tablets, some Android tablets as well. Tab uh, P11, yeah, uh, second generation. Uh, blah 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 blah. Who cares? I mean, interesting, you know, interesting stuff from them mm -hmm. as well. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. It's a new line of monitors. You know, Lenovo has always been not really a consumer line for me. It's been more of a business. It, it reminds me. I just think back to IBM ThinkPads. Yeah, you know, that's where my mind goes. Unfortunately. Um, I was talking about this week with Sean. Many. I, I, my, my Lenovo laptop, my ThinkPad is the one I always go back to. I love that machine. It is solid. I mean, I could throw it down a, a flight of stairs and it'll survive. I mean, I'm not intending to do that, but if I did, I know it'll be there for me and it'll be fine. I love it. Uh, it is the most boring laptop in the world, but it gets the job done. What's wrong with boring? Exactly. What's wrong with boring? Well, people seem to like us. Yeah, well. <laughs> oh, okay, I'll speak for myself on that one. Um, Good point. Um, yeah, so, I mean, IFA is going on till the 6th. Lots of announcements coming out, which is interesting. I saw a story this week, though, that I thought was quite interesting. I wanted to ask your review on this. So, USB 4 version 2 is out. Yeah. 
So what's that all about? So USB obviously has had many incarnations over the years. I'm guessing the connector hasn't changed. It's still going to be that USB-C style connector. Yeah, I think that connector is uh, here to stay. So mm. USB 4 version 2, um, the biggest thing obviously is twice the bandwidth over USB 4 version 1. So version 1 had 40 gigabytes of bandwidth. This is the amount of data you can transmit back and forth. Well, now they're announcing version 2, which is 80 gigabytes of bandwidth. Of course, you wow. need to have hardware that supports it on the motherboard side, on the computer side. Cable-wise, it's going to be the same. They will have some better cables that go along with it. But it's a pretty massive jump going from version 1 to version 2. Uh, and a pretty big and important standard. I mean, the USB standard, which really kind of blends in, by the way, with Thunderbolt 4, um, has kind of taken the world by storm. The connector's smaller. It really, I think they learned a lot from when Apple introduced the Lightning connector. Mm. You know, this cable that you can insert any direction. You don't have to worry about getting in a certain way. Um, with speeds like that, though, you're looking at, you know, a hard drive transfer type speeds over a cable, and that's pretty insane when you talk about the amount of people that use external drives, for example. That's that's pretty big. So I've been in the market for a new docking station for a laptop, right? I'm thinking maybe okay. Surface or even for my Lenovo, even for the MacBook, something that essentially can be universally used rather than specific to a device. You know, I know, for example, if you've got Surface, you can buy the Surface dock, which has its own little connector yeah. and so on. But what I've noticed is, so... Um, one of the docking stations I was looking at, I think it was from Bridge or Bridge or however you pronounce that. Um, it was the Stone TB4, Stone Pro, I think it might be. It's, it's a news, it's, it's, I don't think it's out yet. It's just coming out. And oh, Bridge really, with a Y, B A B R Y D G. Yeah, okay, gotcha, okay. Really nice docking station, lots of ports, two HDMIs on it, which I was quite intrigued by, as well as all the other ports. And um, it says that it doesn't work with the original MacBook Air M1. Because I'm guessing it's Thunderbolt 3 on there, right? Not Thunderbolt 4. Um, the M1 is Thunderbolt 3, correct. They never did upgrade to Thunderbolt 4. So this that's interesting. I wonder if they actually put that in the specs here because they don't actually say much about the requirements in terms of the use of it. I mean, it is a great little dock. It has so many ports. And for a price tag of about 249 US, so we're going to probably get, what, 329 Canadian, plus it delivers power. I mean, you're going to be able to power a lot there. But yeah, it doesn't say anything here. It, it does show. They, it does show the how technology is moving at such a pace that you know they were even having to be you know concerned about buying something within a year. You know, like oh, I'll buy a docking station next year. Oh, hang on a minute, my computer's too old now. Um, so that's that's interesting. I mean, I, I've seen this in a couple of reviews. Corsair have a new one coming out. Um, OWC has some great ones. OWC, if you want to look at ones that, that work Belkin. now. Belkin, Belkin, I mean, they've been making great accessories, I mean, across the board. They've got some new stuff coming out as well. I think, you know, it's funny because the USB standard, unfortunately, isn't as published as, like, processors. Like, we know what's coming processor-wise, you know? Yes. You've yeah. got a good handle on what's to come, when it's going to come out, so you can hold off on buying things. USB, this kind of came left field. I didn't expect an announcement like this, and we never do. It kind of just happens. Yeah. You know, like Thunderbolt 3, Thunderbolt 4, like, oh, that's happening now? <laughs> I know. know. It's just ridiculous. Um, I, I just want to touch on this. I don't want to spend too much time on it because we're going to talk about it plenty over the next week. Uh, predictions for the Apple event? Oh, God. Predictions or desires? <laughs> okay, well, we know, we know the phone's coming. We know phone 14. We know we're going to get a new yeah. Apple Watch, possibly Apple Watch Pro. Do you think there's going to be a one more thing? Do you think there's going to be anything different this time? You know what? No, I give up on one more thing. I think one more thing died with Steve Jobs. We have okay. not seen a one more thing happen. I think there might have been one occasion where it did happen. Uh, I thought when I think it was WWDC when they announced the trash can Mac Pro. That uh, was a one more thing. Is I don't that the think last it was one? A, wow. It wasn't a one more thing, I think, as much as it was just a, a just an extra thrown on. By the way, we're going to showcase something. Can't um, innovate my ass, I think was the yeah, line in that one. Yes, wasn't it? yes, that was Phil Schiller. I remember him yeah. on stage. One of the last times we saw him on stage. But you know, I think we're I think we're definitely phone, um, maybe next generation AirPods because we're about time. Yes, a lot of talk about yes. new iPads. A lot of talk about new iPads, but this is not the event for iPads. No, that's not iPads happen, tend yep. to have their own kind of March event. So but I think that we're gonna see a lot of stuff in a very short period of time. I think we're going to see definitely the phone, definitely watch, definitely uh, AirPods, 
at this event. I think we're going to see computers and iPads before holidays this time. They want people to start shopping. And because of the restraints on the supply chain, the more products they can get announced, the more money they can kind of make off it, and the more variety of products they can offer to people who might say, okay, well, I need to wait for my MacBook, or this isn't going to happen. They want to they want to bank it. Listen, I ordered a Mac Studio for our video editor for the TV show, and I'm still waiting for it to even show that it's being manufactured. Yeah, still, it's, wow. it's, it's been over over eight weeks now, and it's still just processing. So I don't know what's going on there. You know, it's funny. I, I've started doing a couple of video. I was doing this on, on video as well and, and mucking around with Final Cut Pro, and I've realized that my little Mac Mini is kind of struggling a little bit. Now, I don't know if it is struggling or I just want it to be struggling so that when October comes and they announce something new from the Mac Pro lineup, I can think, oh, whoa, I could have one whoa, of those. Wait a second. Wait a second here. I know this is a new show and a new time, but this is the same old show and the same mm-hmm. old double tap, mm-hmm. and you have sworn away from M2 processors. I didn't so say anything about gonna do? Hang on, hang on. I didn't say anything about M2 Max or M2 Ultra. I said M2, you see? Whoa, whoa. See? Those are in the same family. You're not going to get around this. You're not going to get around it. I'm sorry. You have to do like I do when I lease a computer for three I'm years. I'm wait now. You're going to sit your butt down in that chair oh. and wait till we see M3. And you might want to swallow those words and never use mm-hmm. them again, by the way, Mr. 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 Scott. Well, I certainly won't be buying a MacBook Air, although I am very tempted by it. But I'm not... I don't need to buy a MacBook Air. I need something with a bit more grunt. I was thinking about the M2 M- MacBook Pro with the old, um, what do you call it, touch bar, but I thought, that's just old tech. No, though. God, don't do that. Why don't would you do waste the touch bar? It's such a waste of time. No, I think you're going to be good, uh, better off with a Mac Studio. A Mac Studio with the M2 Pro or Ultra, we can just scratch off the two and call it whatever you want, okay? We'll just we'll say let you get by with M3A. There you go. M3A M- no, is what M1B. M1B. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just, no, I'm looking forward to the event. It's going to be fun. It always is. It's a fun yeah. watch. Um, but nothing, no one more thing. There's no surprises anymore. There's too many cooks in the kitchen, no pun intended to Tim Cook, to have any surprises from Apple events anymore or from any company. Well, really. one thing we do, well, we think we know we're going to hear is about this news of the satellites uh, partnership. Who, ca- who cares? You know, I know you and I don't go hiking in the Appalachian Desert or whatever it is. Um, but, you know, for those who do, this might be a very... I mean, look, if you fall and break your foot in the Appalachian Do you know tundra, how expensive satellite communication is still? Like well, a, a satellite remember, phone was, is like hundreds on the show. of dollars a month. I was saying on the show this week, you know, when I, my first mobile, my first cell phone was, uh, I think it was a Motorola something. Um, one of the really old ones. In fact, or Nokia, yeah. And it didn't ha- actually. I tell a lie. It was a Nokia. You're right. It was a Nokia. It was, and it was the one that it didn't even have text messaging capability on it. Oh, that's how early we were talking here. And it cost me roughly fifty or sixty dollars between fifty and sixty dollars per month for five minutes of call time. Oh wow. So that's true. We were limited to numbers of minutes. True. I remember, remember our packages that. were based yeah. on minutes. My first. So so my first I don't know how much time we have left here, but my first phone was it was originally Rogers. Rogers was before it was Rogers was a, it was called Cantel and Cantel was partnered with AT&T in the US and they launched the first kind of pay as you go. It was mm. called the Amigo. Amigo. And it was this crappy phone, no name, who knows who made it. No text. <laughs> texting wasn't even a thing. You were not no. texting anybody yet. No. Um, a little monochrome display, but it was a way to get people into low-cost phone. I remember it came with like 200 minutes or something like that. And you'd rarely go over your minutes. And, and, and I just remember that eventually, you know, you graduate slowly but surely. I was on a BlackBerry. And I just remember the one time that I traveled internationally. I went to California, and I used that BlackBerry and I didn't even think of it. I didn't even care. And I got back home to a $1,700 bill. Wow. All because of data roaming. Nowadays, it's all like I travel across the border. I never even worry about it. I get the same price when I get home. Yeah. And it took it took us long to get there. I know that you guys in the UK have been way ahead of the curve in terms of pricing. But uh, yeah. What was your, what was that, you know, you guys at home, what was your first phone? How many minutes did you have? Five? <laughs> I had five minutes of call time and you know it's funny five because minutes. I don't know if you remember the days I don't know if it was the same I imagine it was um, when you used to have dial up internet and you couldn't use the oh, landline yeah. phone whilst you were on the internet yeah and grandma or mom would pick up the phone saying hello hello, hello? who's on the phone yeah and all you hear is through the speaker <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Mama, what was on the phone? Yeah. I used to, my mum would go on the phone to her friend for what felt like forever. And you know, the thing I could never understand about my mum on these calls was she would go on the call, she would speak for about three hours, and then she would finish every single call the same way. She'd say, okay, look, it's lovely talking to you. See you tomorrow. Hang on, you've just talked for three hours. That's three hours I'm not getting on dial-up. And you're talking to her tomorrow in person? And I was the one that was running up the bill. I had to, uh, I mean, my first, first, first modem was uh, US Robotics. Oh, I remember them, yes. 56K? uh, No, 56K was, whoa, that was an upgrade. 1200 (laughs) baud modem, 1200 baud modem. External device, USB, mm-hmm. you plug into the computer, plug into a phone line, looked like a little speaker phone. And uh, uh, and I had friends who had to, had the older modems where they literally had to take the handset and put it on the actual modem. Oof. Like it had two cups. Wow. It had two cups because really at the end of the day, it's just sound, data turning into sound and, and transmitting it over the line. It's really like, honestly, it's like higher capacity Morse code at the end of the day, really what's going on here. Yeah. Um, and uh, and that was it was great and I was on BBSs I was on CompuServe, I had a CompuServe account it was probably forty bucks a month or something like that and it was all text based everything was text based and I would use Easy Saber to look up flights and that was the excitement of what I could do on the internet or play the monochrome video games like Leisure Suit Larry. I remember the <laughs> I remember America Online the first time I saw AOL yeah AOL yeah and I thought this is the coolest because I loved when you logged in and it would say. Welcome to AOL. You know, do that thing yeah, at the beginning. Right. You've got mail. You've got mail. Yeah, I know. <gasps> I've got email. But I didn't have AOL. I wasn't posh enough to have AOL. Friends of mine had AOL. And I would just be like, oh, that's amazing. Do you know anybody today who still has an AOL email address? Uh, yes. They use? Yeah. You do? Oh, yeah, really? Yeah. yeah. I still know people who have it. Um, and it's, it's I, I also some of the older addresses, some of the old things along. Because I, I got one of the first... Um, I must have been quite lucky, actually, to get the address I did. But I got my email address, uh, and it was on Mobile Me, which was the first, first Mitchell, kind of iCloud. My, Mitchell, yeah. my other my other show on SiriusXM, he has a Mobile Me. Well, it was it's like it's Mitchell at, at me dot com, which was mm. I really loved that, which then became iCloud um, over over time. That was a nice debacle. We'll talk about another day. Mm. Uh, my first email address was a CompuServe one, and I think it was a number. It wasn't even you couldn't personalize it. It was like. One two six five five dot something 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 mm. at CompuServe dot dot com or something like that. It was no, there was no personalizing it. And really, who was I communicating with at that point? Like, well, yeah, exactly. nobody. Yeah, if you were getting spam, it was like one spam message a yeah. year. You know, but I remember getting spam. my own. I remember getting my own phone line. And that was the that, that was the great thing. I'd keep it connected all the time. Mm. I created a BBS. Do you remember BBSs? Yes, I do. So, uh, but they were standing for bullet, uh, bulletin board system, which basically you published this. People would able to connect directly to you. So literally one person at a time could connect to your BBS, unless you had multiple phone lines and multiple modems, because people did that. They had multiple lines you could dial in and connect to, and you'd be able to get share files chat maybe or send emails you basically created your own little point of presence on the internet that other people can yeah. dial into just your own little server yeah uh, it's insane because those yeah, are the days oh the old days um well <sighs> listen um we're almost out of time i just want to say if you want to get involved and i do have to ask you about this uh because we've had questions about our phone number so um <laughs> i may have made a bit of a boo-boo here when it came to i don't our know phone who number. made the boo-boo i think it might have been me i think it me. i think it might have been me but let's just let's just say it was both of us and we'll just move on uh but yes the number do we do we know what the number is uh we do i mean do you have that little thing that goes on the screen now that i could you could show it to me because i know you had it right except we were 877 not 888 i see so, i changed uh, the thing on the screen uh, because i thought if i if i don't put it there then we won't uh, worry about it so no instead i've no got on screen about you can email feedback at ami.ca or you can find us on social media, good and bad social media. Are we on Truth Social? Is that a thing? Will we be? No, we no, no. There? Unfortunately, they rejected our membership. <laughs> they rejected our membership for Truth We're not social. political enough. Double Tap On Air is where you'll find us, at Double Tap On Air across social media. Get us on Twitter and Facebook and all those wonderful things. Um, but yeah, we do have a phone number. We'll, uh, we will, we have the boffins working on it. Oh, I, you, I you, are the boffin. it right here. you are the boffin. You are the boffin. 8 Okay. 
Isn't that a good now, number? It's a great number, but here's the thing. You're going to have to go and do all the production again. Yeah, because it probably still says uh, the other show's name it's when you call the it. Other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then, and you're going to have to. You're going to. You're going to have to record something right now oh, and send it to me. It's always work, isn't it? It's always work. Um, well, look, I'm looking forward to the Apple event. I really am. I, what do you do for the Apple event? Do you still get a chance with the kids and all that? Do you get a chance to sit down and watch it, or do? Oh you yeah, God, they're back in later? school. Oh, hallelujah. It's good. Right. Yeah, this is great. I'm not, I, I blocked it off on my calendar. Let me make sure it's still blocked off on my calendar. If I look at Tuesday the 7th. Sorry, is it Wednesday the 7th or Tuesday the 6th? Uh, it is Wednesday 7th. It's a Wednesday oh, this it's time. Oh, it's a Wednesday. Yeah, Apple yeah, Fall launch one. I've got 1 to 2.30 blocked off, an hour and a half. So I think that should be uh, should be just enough. And you and I are going to record some TV before that. This is, this is I'm so excited. This is, you know... Techtober, September. It's a great um, month. Lots of lots of fun stuff coming up. It's August is the worst month for tech announcements. Nothing happens. Nothing. I know. But September uh, is flying by the seat of your pants stuff. You just have uh, no idea what is going on. Um, but yeah, lots of credit stuff cards, to talk about. Credit cards are standing oh, I know. by. I'm keeping, <laughs> keeping uh, away from my wife for the moment. Just uh, no, no purchases in September allowed. That's the deal. Uh, but no, we are going to get uh, full coverage on that on uh, the Thursday episode of Double Tap. Remember, we are here every single day. Uh, so you can check us out on AMI-audio, 12 noon, 8 p.m. Eastern and 4 a.m. Eastern. If you can't sleep, we will sort that out for you. Um, Can I join that show? I'm going to join that show. I think we'll talk I about think it. we should all join the 4 a.m. one. Well, hang on. We're already there. What are you no, talking about? No, I about? meant the show on Thursday. Oh, that thing. Oh, I see. Oh, you want to join that one? Yeah. yeah. Can I? Do you mind? I don't care. Okay. Does that mean care. I have to figure out how to get three of you on here? Right. Okay. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've got you've got a week to figure that one out. Mara, good to talk to you. We'll catch you on Thursday <laughs> and then no doubt the following Saturday. That's it for today. Back on Monday. No, we're not back on Monday. We're back on Tuesday. Have a great Labor Weekend. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-tv every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.